What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host today, Mitchell Manis. And for the first time in quite a while, I'm doing a solo episode. Bit of a shift here. Uh, Jack and Shref, we, I gave them a week off. And uh, they, Shref is actually visiting Jack in Jacksonville. They are attending the uh, Players' Championship, which will be kicking off tomorrow. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably going on uh, right as you're listening to this. And yeah, so that's why it's just me today. Shref is probably in the air right now, and Jack is uh, going to be picking him up from the airport. So hope they have a good time there. And very exciting tournament. Um, if anyone doesn't know and isn't aware, Jack works uh, for the PGA, and he his office is right on TPC Sawgrass where the players uh, is held every single year. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, they're going to be going to all four days. So I'm very jealous of them. Um, also, I want to a, a little, I guess, housekeeping notes here before we get into today's topic that I'll be discussing here. Uh, last week we recorded an episode. Uh, we were doing a draft and we, re- we drafted uh, our dream golf group of who athletes and sports personalities that we would want to golf with. It was me, Jack, Shref, uh, Austin Carroll, and uh, my father, Brian Manis. It was a really good episode. Uh, unfortunately, though, there were some audio mishaps, I guess you could say. And it was just corrupted, and Joey couldn't really salvage it so unfortunately although it was a really fun episode and i really wish uh you guys could have heard it uh we were not able to post that so i'm regretful to uh inform you about that um i guess i'll kind of preface what i'm going to be talking about for the next i don't know how long this is going to be uh, i haven't done one of these in quite a while so I'm not entirely sure how it'll go but uh just wanted to try it out today I'm going to be talking about college basketball. We haven't talked about something that's non-football related other than draft episodes, but I guess they don't really necessarily count um, in quite a while. And, you know, as as the conference tournaments are, they're well underway at this point. And uh, this weekend, they'll, they'll, all the championship games and all the automatic bids will be crowned. And uh, next week with the tournament coming up, Selection Sunday, just by, uh, four days away, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really 
exciting time and a time that I just look forward to every single year. And I'm just, I'm so invested in it right now. And clearly whenever we're from all summer and September till February, we're all football all the time. Right. Um, but over this past month, I've just watched a lot of college basketball and I'm just, uh, I wanted to do one episode dedicated to it. Would have been great if Jack and Trev could have been on it and we could have had more dialogue about, you know, kind of where they're at in terms of, you know, how much college basketball they're watching and, you know, who they're thinking is may, may, you know, go on a run over these next three or four weeks or so. Um, so that's what I'm getting into today. And, uh, you know, I'll be talking about some betting trends and kind of previewing a, a brief preview kind of of where the conferences uh, stand as of right now, the, the major conferences, you know, that your ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, SEC, uh, we're getting into all of them uh, throughout today's show. And uh, before, yeah, before I get into that also, uh, we will be, as we do every year uh, through this podcast, we'll be hosting a tournament challenge on the Tournament Challenge app. Uh, so we would love for you to, if you want to submit a bracket and, uh, compete for the first place prize we would heavily encourage you to do so share it with your friends your family and every anyone you may think would be interested i think last year we got around 49 people so it was a decent pot um we'll probably do ten dollars per entry you can do multiple entries if you would uh if you would like to and our standard prize uh distribution is usually a hundred hundred dollars a second place and then the remaining pot goes to first. That's usually how we run things for our uh, our NFL playoff pool and any other pools we may do. One other housekeeping note before we get started. I know there's a lot here today. Uh, Trivia League, we've been promoting it for what seems like for months now, but Jack and I are finally going to um, have full game sets that we can ask the, the teams. They're going to be teams of two. It's going to be a little bit different than our standard Jeopardy episodes, but uh, we're really excited to bring it to you guys. And that should be kicking off next week, so uh, please stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, time to get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, college basketball. One other preface I want to say. I know there's been a lot of prefaces today. I apologize. Uh, I am no expert in college basketball. I don't I don't want to pretend like I am. It's such an extensive sport. And I like too many other sports that dedicate all my time. And I feel like if you were to call yourself an expert, I feel like you really would need to dedicate all your time because there's, you know, there's hundreds of D1 teams and really studying and watching all these games. There's ton every night. So I I don't pretend like I am an expert. I, I would say I'm a casual college basketball fan. Uh, I'm, I know more about the big 10 in particular because I watched pretty much every single, I watch every single Rutgers game and through watching them, I get to see all the teams in the big 10. So I know that conference a little bit more than the others. Um, so if you're looking to come here today to have very insightful knowledge, uh, you may have came, came to the wrong place, but, uh, I'll try my best here. And another thing that we, that we like to do on, on our podcast here, me, Jack and Treff is we don't like to gatekeep information either, right? If we find good resources or other podcasts that we think are very uh, either entertaining or have good information, 
uh, we like to bring them to you guys because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different podcasts out there and uh, I don't want to just because it's not like competition. I like to share what I like to listen to. So uh, I think maybe you guys would be interested in as well. Uh, with that being said, I don't have any podcasts to shout out at this time, but two people on social media that I really go to for uh, betting advice and just general college basketball, I guess, just an analysis and whatnot. Uh, the first one is Ryan Hammer. I found him on TikTok, and uh, I've recently, not recently, but within this past college basketball season, followed him on Twitter. And his Twitter handle is at RyanHammer09. Uh, that's uh, just H-A-M-M-E-R. That's how you spell that. Uh, Hammer, RyanHammer09 on Twitter. Uh, he is very, very good. Um, and you can tell he really dedicates his time. I don't know if that's his full-time profession or whatnot, but he's just a very good follow and um, just breaking down these conferences and where these teams are at. I, I would really encourage you, if you're interested in kind of uh, following along this March and maybe you know into next season or whatnot, uh, checking him out on Twitter. Uh, the other one is I've I've mentioned this guy at nauseum, especially when we were doing sports sports book donation of the week during our football season. Uh, but of course it's it's my man Lock and Cash Sports on TikTok. He is fantastic. He comes up with these great betting systems and he's into all kinds of sports, football. Uh, the NFL, college football, the NBA, college basketball. He's got a lot of great betting advice on there. So I would really encourage you guys, if you're looking for um, some smart plays, I, I would really check him out. I, I've, I've made uh, some money following his advice. So he's another good resource. And I will, I will reference them, I guess, throughout this show as well with some of the trends that I've, I've pulled. Uh, I guess that's a good segue. I'll get into... At first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you guys some general fun trends. They're not really to help you with your bets, but stuff that I've tracked over the past 10 years or so. Uh, I just thought they were interesting, and I wanted to mention them. Number one, eight out of the 10 past tournament winners have been one seeds. So although you know Marsh Madness is obviously notorious for having upsets, ultimately the best teams end up winning it all. Uh, so that's something you may want to go into if you're filling out your bracket next Sunday. Uh, have that in mind. And, and like I said, eight out of the past tens have been one seeds, including the last five tournaments. So that's something to note. Uh, another thing to note, and this is a little tricky, and I'll I'll, I'll explain why after I read this. But eight, also eight out of the pa past ten tournaments, a seven seed or lower has made the final four which is really incredible to think about. And that's just the beauty of college basketball in the postseason uh, that it, that it, that it, the way it's set up, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch and it's, it's great. Uh, so I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this and I'm, I'm sharing these things to kind of help you guys with your brackets as well. I've, I'm part of me is like, you know, just go bold. There's always a, there's always a low seed that ends up making a run, so why not try to predict it? Uh, but that's hard to do, right? So Jack, one time, I don't know if this was last year or two years ago, you know, said to me, like, it's too hard to predict, so why don't you just pick the, you know, all four, one, two, or three seeds and just see how the dust settles. But I don't know. It, it's tough. I just wanted to share that as well. Um, just to repeat it, eight out of the past ten tournaments, a seven seed or lower has made the Final Four. That's pretty crazy. 
And uh, the last thing on this is the average upset rate. I put I you guys can't see me, but I put upset rate in, in air quotes because what what I mean by that is when the lower seed beat the higher seed. Because I guess in the seven ten matchups or the eight nine matchups, uh, the the lower seed technically could be the betting favorite, but I just classified it as as lower seeds beating higher seed. Uh, the average upset rate is twenty nine point one percent in the first rounds. That's nine point three on average out of the 32 first round matchups is an upset. So that's what I like to look for when I'm making my bracket. Like if I have between, I don't know, eight to 12 upsets in the first round, that's usually where uh, it lies on any given year over the past 10. So like I said, I've been tracking this for 10 years. I think that's a decent sample size uh, to kind of, you know, actually take value away from these things that I read. A couple betting trends, and I got these from uh, from both Ryan Hammer on Twitter and Lock and Cash Sports on TikTok. Um, this one's a little confusing, so stick with me here. Neutral court games in March, which all of them are, where the total is 145 or more, and less than 60% of the bets are on the under, the under has been profitable six straight postseasons, or six straight NCAA tournaments. And uh, when I say profitable, I mean 56% or higher. So that being said, I guess I don't know what the reasoning for that would be. Maybe it's just these teams, you know, that typically don't play each other because there's not many interconference matchups in the in the tournament. So I guess they're not really familiar and it's a probably the biggest stage any of these players have played on before. So maybe they're a little nervous to kind of games, you know, are a little bit. Uh, sloppy to start. I don't really know the reasoning for that, but typically uh, we're looking for uh, to lean to the under if the total is 145 or more. Now, this is a big one. This is one I'm going to reference the rest of the show, so you guys definitely pay attention to this one, but all tournament winners since 2002, so that's 20 years, think about that, have been in the top 40 in Kempom adjusted offensive efficiency and the top 22 in Kempom adjusted defensive efficiency. And that's not actually, it sounds like a very complex thing to try to find, but all you got to Google is just Kempom adjusted efficiency rankings and you'll be able to find these metrics. But I'll repeat it one more time because it is very important. All tournament winners since 2002, again, that's 20 seasons, have been in the top 40 in Ken Palm adjusted offense efficiency rankings and the top 22 in Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency rankings. Now I'm going to read you the list of teams this year that qualify under those parameters. And this is, again, this is as of March 8th. So if you're filling out your brackets, I would suggest looking at it then because things could slightly tweak over the next five or six days or so. But there's seven teams that fit this uh, this system as of right now, March 8th. It's UCLA, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Creighton, Yukon, and Texas. So going off of history, 20 years, those seven teams are, you know, I'd, I'm going to be looking personally at, at this stat the most. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. So I think when you're filling out your brackets, you should revisit that. All right. 
So that's kind of the trends I wanted to uh, shout out. And uh, I guess now is a good time to segue into the conferences. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I'm, I'm going to do the six major ones, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, and uh, SEC. Um, I'm just going to read, you know, just some brief notes on some some of the teams and players that I think are are notable. I'm not going to go super in-depth. It's going to be kind of a, of a light preview for each conference because there are six, and I want to have time to speak a little bit on each of them. So we're going to start with the ACC. Um, as of right now, and like these, a lot can change, right? I'm recording this on Wednesday night. By the time you're listening to this, it could be even the weekend. So, you know, teams that aren't supposed to make runs could make runs. There could be some upsets. So a lot can change. But as of right now, I'm looking at the locks for this tournament. Uh, sorry, the locks in this conference to make the tournament are UVA, Miami, and Duke. And uh, I, I put near locks because I think these are teams are almost essentially locks, but I didn't want to qualify them as. Uh, NC State and Pitt, especially with Pitt's victory today, I think they just needed one win in the in the ACC tournament to kind of solidify their resume, which is a shame because they've had a really good year, and I'll get to them in a second. Uh, but shout out to the Panthers, man. The, what, what a turnaround. And just on the outside, we have Clemson and UN, UNC, uh, which is crazy because UNC, uh, you know, obviously they made it all the way to the, the championship last year, and they were the preseason number one, so... Pretty surreal to think that they are uh, a potential may not, may not even make it, which is crazy to think about. Uh, some players and teams I wanted to shout out: uh, Miami's guard Isaiah Wong. He won the 2022-23. Uh, he was named the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, I think he's a really, you know, he's obviously dynamic. Uh, averages 15.9 points per game, so he's a player to watch uh, in the tournament there. I did mention a, a minute ago, uh, Pitt, very strong year, 14-6 and six in the ACC, and uh, big wins all throughout the season, right? They beat UVA, UNC twice when they were ranked, uh, Miami, Northwestern too. They really they manhandled Northwestern. I think it was like a 30-point uh, victory, which is was crazy to think about. Northwestern, another very surprising year as well. But uh, Pitt... I, I, they really should be in. I mean, at this point, if any bracketologist doesn't, then they're just, they're very unqualified at this point. They should probably be about a nine seed, I'd say. Um, and it just very, very, uh, just shout out to Jeff Capel and in the, in the, the job that he's done. Cause I remember he got the job in 2018 and it was rough back then. I mean, I remember Jack and Treff kind of telling me about it, but they were losing players left and right prior to he, uh, him getting there. So he's really turned it around. And uh, it's nice to see Pitt back in the in the tournament just because it's, it's very nostalgic for me because I grew up watching Dewan Blair and LeVance Fields back in uh, 2008 and 2009. So it's, uh, it's really cool to see. Another team I wanted to shout out is UVA. Uh, they are 34th in the country in uh, the Ken Palm Adjusted defense, Defensive Efficiency Rankings. And uh, they've all, they're always a strong defensive team especially over the past decade or so uh, with Tony Bennett at the helm, but uh, led by fifth year senior Kia Clark. Um, I think he averages, I looked it up today, but about five and a half assists per game. So he's a small guy. I think he's like five ten to be honest, but a uh, really good distributor and obviously a lot of experience. He was there when they won the title uh, whenever that was four years ago at this point. But, um, but yeah, that's the ACC. 
Uh, moving on to the Big Ten, a conference that I uh, know very well, probably the best out of all of these. Uh, the locks I'd say to make the tournament at this point are Purdue, Northwestern, um, Indiana, excuse me. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, and Illinois. So a lot of teams, and even the bubble teams that I'd say at this point are Penn State, uh, Michigan, and Rutgers. It pains me to say, because Rutgers really started off the year well. I mean, we were ranked, I mean, not not high, but I think probably 23rd at one point in the season, and we've really struggled as of late. But uh, play Michigan tomorrow. By the time you're hearing this, the game is probably already finished. So I'll either be very happy or very sad. But uh, we're right on the bubble at this point. And Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken, they're playing right now, and I think they lost to Ohio State, which is pretty shocking because Ohio State is not having a good year. Let me just check that right now. Um, yeah, Ohio State beat them. So Wisconsin, I was going to say, if they made a run winning two or three games, I think maybe they could have squeaked in, but they're. Uh, I think they have no chance at this point to make it. So Wisconsin is out. Um, another note on the conference, right? I mean... If you've been following college basketball at all this season, you know that two of the best players in the country uh, in Zach Eady and uh, Trace Jackson Davis are uh, Zach Eady for uh, Purdue. He's if you haven't seen Zach Eady, he is a he is a I don't even know how to describe him. Like he just sticks out, man. He is seven foot five, 300 pounds. And he is just like if you created a player to play big man basketball like i don't even know i you just have to watch him for yourself he's really ridiculous to see averages 21.9 points per game 12.8 rebounds and 2.3 blocks i mean he's just a complete dominant force and trace jackson davis is also really incredible i mean senior i thought he was going to come out uh go to the nba like probably after a sophomore season but he stuck around uh, and Indiana's having their best season and from what I can remember. Um, but he averages 20 and a half points per game, 11.2 rebounds and 2.8 blocks. So he's fantastic as well. I kind of previewed it, uh, but Rutgers, Michigan, we play tomorrow at noon. Uh, and that's essentially a play in game. Cause I think the loser of that game has no shot to make the tournament and the winner is sitting pretty well. And I, I will feel comfortable if Rutgers wins that game that, that we are going to get in. However, I mean, watching Rutgers has been, it's been painful over the past uh, month or so. I mean, we're two and six in our last eight, really, really struggling offensively. Uh, we're always a really good defensive team. I think we're, I think we rank fourth in the country in the Ken Palm defensive efficiency rankings. But uh, yeah, really struggle to put the ball in the hoop at times. And it can, you know, that could, that's the difference right there. I mean, and Hunter Dickinson still led by Hunt. Sorry, Michigan still led by Hunter Dickinson, who's a a top big man in the conference and even country still. So it's good. we're gonna have our work cut out for us. But uh, I think the spread is two and a half in favor of Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. So should be a close game, but uh, hopefully we can pull it out. Let's see, another team I really like that I want to uh, close off this mini Big Ten preview is. I really like Illinois, and the reason so is they're, t- they're two top scorers, right? Uh, Tara Shannon and Michael Mayer, they have a lot of tournament and championship experiences, right? Uh, Shannon was at Texas Tech. They regularly made, his, made the tournament while he was there, and Michael Mayer, was, uh, he spent four years at Baylor, if I'm not mistaken, 
and uh, he was part of that championship team in tw- uh, 2021. So I really like the, even though they're transfers and this is their first year playing together, I really like the the experience they bring. They bring that championship pedigree to them. And uh, I, I, I'd watch out for Illinois. I think they're a sneaky team that they'll probably end up, depending on how they do in the Big Ten tournament, finish as a, they'll probably be slotted as either, I'd say, a seven to nine seed. But I think they're a, they're a sneaky threat to make it. I don't want to say they're going to make a deep run, but to the second weekend, we'll say. So I think that's a team to look out for. Big 12. This is the most complete conference in college basketball. Uh, four teams ranked in the top 12 and only one team below 500. And that's Oklahoma. And they're only fi- they're 15 and 16. So they're right there. Um, but the locks to make the tournament at this point, we got Kansas, the defending champs, Baylor, Texas, Kansas State. I wrote I wrote Texas twice. Uh, Ohio, uh, sorry, Iowa State and West Virginia. And I'd say teams that are on the bubble, um, Oklahoma State's right there. At, at several bracketologies have them right on the, I think, next four out at this point. And uh, Texas Tech, I think they would probably need, they would need to beat um, West Virginia tonight, actually. And then they would probably have to beat Kansas in the second round to have a shot. But if they get two or three wins, I think they can maybe sneak in there. Um, but like I said, this conference is amazing. Every single night is a dogfight. And uh, I mean, honestly, even for playing Oklahoma, which is the worst team in the, in the conference this year, if you're playing them in at, at Oklahoma, which I know there's no uh, home court advantage at this point with just the postseason to go, but I mean, I, I wouldn't, there's no easy wins in that conference. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, the defending champs, Kansas, they're led by uh, the Big 12 Player of the Year and Jalen Wilson. Uh, he's just really come into his own this year, averages 19.7 points per game. And uh, Grady Dick, fun name to say, Grady Dick. He's a freshman, uh, really skinny white kid. Um, he averages 14.3 points per game, and he shoots 40% from three. So he is a, he's a lethal shooter. But uh, yeah, those are their two studs there at Kansas. and. Um, Texas as well. I mean, they're, I looked this up. They're the best in the conference in points per game, field goal percentage, and uh, f- free throw percentage. So Texas, another strong team. They fit the criteria that I mentioned earlier with the top 40 in uh, adjusted offense efficiency and top 22 in defensive efficiency. Uh, so they're a team to look out for that I think th- that could make a deep run as well. And um, last thing I'll say is I'm not too high on uh, Iowa State this year. And this is part of where uh, my... <laughs> my casual fandom comes into play. And I don't really have a reason why I think they're just a team. I'm going to fade this year just off of vibes. Cause why not? Let's throw it in there. They're also two and six in their last eight games. So they don't really have the momentum at this point. So that's the big 12. Uh, we'll move on to the big East. Another very competitive conference. Um, the locks at this point to make it, I'd say Marquette Creighton, Xavier, UConn and Providence and uh, fringe teams to make it. I wrote none. I mean, I think realistically, I actually, I think Seton Hall was canceled them out. They lost to DePaul, which is very embarrassing. Villanova, they're getting healthy right now. And if they do make a run in the Big East tournament, maybe they'd have to win it. But maybe if they made a finals run, I don't know. I just want to throw them in there because they're technically not out of it if they really, you know, catch fire over the next week. 
Creighton, one of those teams I mentioned also in the beginning that fits that uh, criteria. All their starting five averages 11.9 points per game or more. So they have a very balanced attack. Um, Baylor Shireman, I think that's his name. He's the transfer from South Dakota State that came over this year. Um, having a pretty solid season, but this is they're a very complete team. And uh, in the times I've got to watch them, they're a fun watch. So I'd, I'd look out for Creighton as well. I, I like them this year. Uh, and I'm going to... I, I want to. I I meant to say this in the beginning of the show as well. If I mispronounce any of these names, I apologize. Uh, I'm not super well versed in them. So, uh, Tyler Kulik, I think that's how you pronounce his name. The Marquette guard. He's the. Uh, he was named the Big East Player of the Year this year. Second in the nation's in assists per game. It's seven point nine. So uh, very impressive. I'll be looking out for him in the tournament as well. And uh, Xavier, really good backcourt in uh, Sully Bum and Colby Jones. They both average 15-plus per game and 4.5 assists per game. Um, and Xavier is a team. They're third in the nation in field goal percentage at 50%, so another solid team there. And I mentioned Nova. I mean, they're getting healthy now, and I think they are a very talented team when they are healthy, and I do think they're better than their record shows. So I would look for them. I don't know if they play. Do they play tonight? I'm going to check that out right now and uh, see how they're. Uh, they do play tonight. Actually, they're playing right now. They play uh, Georgetown, which, you know, I, and this means nothing to you guys right now because the game will be over. But at this point, oh, they're winning 41 to 20 at halftime. So, again, if they make a run, they could be a team that could sneak into the tournament that's not supposed to. That might be it I have on the Big East. Yes, it is. So we're going to move on to the SEC. We have two more conferences to go. And then I'm going to mention some teams at the end that are you know, not a part of those conferences that I mentioned and, uh, and kind of preview them as well. So SEC, the locks at this point, we got Bama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Auburn, and Arkansas. And a uh, bubble team at this point would be Mississippi State. They're right on that that line, so it really depends how they finish out here in, in the SEC tournament. Um, if you've been following along, I'd think perhaps the biggest storyline in, in college basketball has been Brandon Miller. I mean, he is... Uh, I'm going to be speaking strictly on the basketball court, right? Because he's a freshman, probably going to be... a. am not going to say probably, is going to be a lottery pick if he decides to declare for the NBA draft. He's the first freshman to win uh, SEC Player of the Year since Anthony Davis did it in 2012. Uh, and Miller averages 19.6 points per game, eight rebounds, and he shot 40% from three. And he's, I think he's about 6'9", uh, thin frame, but he's just, he's fantastic to watch. However, he comes with baggage. If you haven't heard, he potentially involved in uh, in the murder of a, of a girl. And, uh, it's really horrific stuff, but that has not, he hasn't been charged with anything and it's just a, it's a sticky situation. And if he is involved in it in any way, uh, he shouldn't be playing, but again, it's something to monitor. And, uh, I don't want to speak too much on that cause all the facts aren't out, but, uh, as it comes out, it, it'll be a, a thing to watch and, and monitor for sure. I'll leave it at that for now. Tennessee. Number one defense in the Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency rankings. This is also crazy as well. They've held opponents to 45 points or less nine times this season, which is a crazy number. 
Uh, and they're 22 and nine this year, a very strong year. However, they have, uh, they lost their second leading scorer, uh, Zakai Zegler to a torn ACL. So that they, I think it was two games ago. He tore it against Arkansas, I believe. So that's a recent, very sizable blow to their, their title hopes. Very unfortunate. Um, so just something to note if you're, if you're looking at Tennessee, that they did lose a very important player, uh, for the season. Kentucky is also a very interesting interesting team as well. They started off really slow, but they've won 11 out of their past 15 games since. And uh, they still have Oscar Sheway, who was the 2022 Naismith player of the uh, Naismith winner, which is the best player in college basketball. This year, he's having another fantastic season. Averages 16.4 points per game and 13.1 rebounds. And uh, they also have Jacob Toppin, who's the uh, brother of Obi Toppin standout at Dayton from uh, three years ago and Nick's forward. So they're a fun team to watch. And Kentucky is always a, a threat to, to go on a run. You never know with them. So that is the SEC. Uh, we're going to move on to the final conference here in the Pac-12. Uh, the locks here, I'd say, are UCLA, Arizona, and USC. And uh, a bubble team that I'd say is definitely Arizona State, depending on how they finish out. And Oregon, but they would have to make. They'd probably have to win more games than than uh, ASU. So those are teams to look out for. UCLA is a uh, is the second ranked team in the nation. They're one of the teams that fit that criteria that I mentioned in the beginning of the show. Uh, however, they uh, similarly to Tennessee, they just lost their uh, junior guard Jalen Clark uh, to an Achilles injury. He's done for the season. Very important player for them. Uh, averages 13 points per game and uh, 2.6 steals per game. Excellent defender. So that's a, a very big blow to them. And I'm interested to see how they, I don't think they've played a game without him, if I'm not mistaken yet. So I'm going to see how they do in the Pac-12 tournament if they seem really affected by the loss of him uh, to see if I'm going to pick them to go far. So that's a team and a situation to monitor as well if you're thinking about UCLA did lose a very important player. Uh, Arizona, uh, I think they're ranked eighth in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, amazing front court, and I do apologize. I'm going to absolutely butcher these names, but uh, I'm just say this guy's last name. Tubeless. He averages 19.9 and uh, 9.2 rebounds per game. And Omar Balo, he averages 13.8 and 8.6 rebounds per game. So very formidable front court for the Wildcats. And uh, I think, you know, they're a strong team. One of these, one of these teams that, I, that I've been saying are really good are definitely going to get upset too. So just keep that in mind. There's going to be a team out there that no one's expecting that just loses. So that's just how it goes. Everyone's bracket's going to be busted. Just another march. USC, uh, led by premier guard Boogie Ellis. That's a fun name. Averages 18.1 points per game and shoots 39% from three. So USC, uh, another team to look out for. Other notable teams and players that didn't fall uh, under one of those conferences that I that I previewed there. Houston, uh, number one ranked team in the country. And not only are they top 40 and top 22 in the offenses and defensive efficiency rankings, they're fifth in offense and sixth in defense. So they're absolutely dominating this year. Fantastic season from them. They still have several players from their 2020-2021 Final Four run. 
uh, Marcus Sasser, most notably uh, Jamal Sheed and Traymond Mark are still there as well. But uh, Houston's a really, really formidable team. Clearly, they're number one in the country. And uh, Kelvin Sampson, he really turned the program around. I think they only made the tournament once in like a 20-year span or something like that. And they've made the last four. And uh, clearly, they made that final four run. And they're poised to do it again this season. So, obviously, a team that's going to draw a lot of attention in Houston. Gonzaga, a very experienced team. They have the number one ranked offense in the country in both points per game and the adjusted offensive efficiency. And uh, Drew Timmy, he just broke the Gonzaga all-time scoring uh, record last night in the Western Co- Western West Coast Conference Final. So shout out to Drew Timmy there. He's having his best statistical season of his four-year college career. And um, Gonzaga is always a threat to. Uh, I mean, I know they haven't won it, and that's a that's a big deal. But you know, I think they're a pretty safe bet to get to the to the second weekend. So. I'll be looking at the Bulldogs, St. Mary's, a very, very good defensive team. However, their offense goes cold sometimes. Very evident in the Western West Coast Conference final last night where they only scored 51, which was a real bummer. Me and my one buddy, we bet the over in the game. And uh, if St. Mary's just shot anywhere resembling a normal basketball game, it would have hit. But of course, they only they scored 51. They barely got there. So that's how it goes. They also have Aiden Aiden Mahaney. I watched this guy when they played the uh, Gonzaga the first matchup. He's fantastic. He's a freshman. He averages 14.5 points per game. He shoots 41% from three. So he's a really special player and some somebody to look out for. And uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. However, I'm still got a little sour taste in my mouth of St. Mary's because of last night. So maybe I'll fade him. I don't know. Very biased. Or Roberts, the last team I do want to mention as well. Uh, very exciting team. If anyone remembers, they were the 15 seed uh, that made the Sweet 16 two years ago. And uh, they still retained a lot of their core from that Sweet 16 run in 2021. Most notably, Max Asmus, who uh, averages 22 points and four assists a game. So he's like six foot 180, but he's a fantastic shooter and just really can finish at the rim. So he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they also have Arkansas transfer Connor Vanover, who's he's seven five. I watched him for the first time a couple days ago. He's ridiculous. He's humongous. Uh, he averages thirteen and seven, so he's another uh, very formidable starter for them. Just a very exciting team, and I think they're probably going to end up being a I don't know, probably an eleven seed because they did they won the Summit League championship last night in very dominating fashion and uh this is they're they're better now than they were in 2021 i think their record's like 30 and 4 so um should be interesting to watch i i i I like them to win a game obviously it depends on the draw as a lot of this does you never know who these teams are going to be matched up with or whatnot and uh that's that's the beauty of selection sunday one of my favorite days of the year just four days away so very exciting all right, you've listened to me babble long enough. I think that's all I have for you guys. Uh, out of those seven teams I mentioned that fit the offensive and defensive efficiency ranking criteria that I mentioned, that I I mentioned at, at nauseum throughout this show. Uh, that, again, that's UCLA, Bama, Houston, Kansas, 
Creighton and UConn in Texas. It's tough. I mean, UCLA, like I said, lost Jalen Clark. So that's going to be a very big blow to them. I don't know if they can overcome that. I don't know. I really like Kansas this year. I'm not going to give my official pick because I want to see how the bracket uh, shakes out. But it is tough to go back to back. But I, I really think they could. They're a really good team, and I've watched them decent amount this year. And uh, I might be, I might be having my eye on them. So. That's the Hogline College Basketball Preview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you stuck to the end, you're a real one. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, look out for our tournament challenge. We'll be promoting that and uh, trying to get it as big as last year and even maybe even bigger. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Good luck to everyone who joins. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys next week with another episode. Jack and Treff should be back. Uh, and yeah, follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and have a good night. Bye.